Hello and welcome to the Holmes Politicast. This is Jim. Um, there's a couple things that I wanted to talk about today. Uh, primarily, I wanted to talk a little bit in a few minutes about the Me Too movement and the cancel culture in the country. But first, I wanted to touch on three uh, local news stories here. We have um, the first is some. Um, Pandemic numbers, they were down uh, on May 10th. We have, uh, so there were 25 new deaths, and that's the lowest since the 29th of March, which would be a total of 4,551. And there are 382 new cases. Uh, They did perform 12,215 tests and there were only 6.8 that tested positive, and that's a new low. So it definitely looks like we're on a downward trend, which is excellent. And hopefully now with manufacturing opening back up, we can start opening up other segments of the economy. Um, the other thing is from Wood TV8, they were, and I'm, you may have heard this already, but um, Governor Whitmer has delayed the expiration of Michigan's driver's license and state ID cards until late July because of the ongoing pandemic. Um, This doesn't apply to people who have their uh, license suspended for some reason, so they aren't, they still are not allowed to drive, but, but uh, it's extended until July 31st, and it's for state ID cards, valid driver's license, and operator endorsements that expire or are set to expire between February 1st and June 30th. Um, Friday's order, this was on Friday she did this, also suspended penalties for vehicle registration violations and ensures that automobile insurance will continue to cover Michigan drivers. Um, And you can, if you do have to renew your license, you can do it online at the Secretary of State office. But um, she said, nobody should have to stress about renewing the driver's license or state ID card or worry about their auto insurance coverage. By extending this executive order, we're lifting that burden off Michiganders' shoulders so they can focus on staying home and staying safe. So that's good news. You can extend that a little bit. Um, And the last one, the last point I wanted to make was from Paul Egan, and he works for the Detroit Free Press. Um, And... He was talking about, or the headline reads, Michigan, Michigan tax revenues plunged 43% in April, foreshadowing the budget crunch to come. This is something that I know Tom has talked about on the show before. I don't know if Faith and I weighed in on it, but I know it has been discussed. And that is that the, you know, because the businesses have shut down, the government gets their money from taxes. And since the employees are shut down in the businesses, now who's going to pay all the taxes that the state needs to pay its bills? And here's some of the article here. It says, the state tax revenues in April were down 43.3% from a year earlier, and what is an early indicator of the budget crunch the state will face as a result of the coronavirus pandemic. Now, this is, this is going to be a big problem um, in the budget next year. And it pretty much is going to... This is my opinion, of course, but it's pretty much going to uh, 
put a hold on any new projects in Michigan, especially if Whitmer wants to redo the roads before her reelection. I don't know how she's going to find the money to do that. Continuing in the Detroit Free Press article, it says that's about $1 billion less than what would have been expected had the pandemic not struck, putting more than 1 million Michigan residents out of work. Still, a significant chunk of the shortfall in the resu- is the result of the state's decision to move the state income tax filing deadline from its normal date in April to July 15th to conform with the delayed federal tax filing deadline. So that also um, adds, uh, contributes to the problem um, because this time last year we had more money anyway because they delayed the payment of the state, federal, or the state income tax. But um, April receipts for the general fund were about $577 million below what officials forecasted last May. School aid fund revenues were about $418 million below expectations. Officials, this is where it really impacts us, officials have projected that Michigan could face a $3 billion budget deficit this year, though they are still trying to assess what impact federal relief payments could have on that protection. So their officials are scheduled to meet next Friday to make state tax revenue projections for the next three years. Um, I think that's all in that article. If you want to read it, it's Paul Egan's article in the Detroit Free Press, but it sure looks like we're going to have some serious problems by next year. Um, Oh, let me just throw out this here too. Net income tax revenues totaled $661.4 million in April, down 53% from last year. The sales tax receipts decreased 30% from April to this year and were $239 million below the forecast. And sales tax collections were down 83.8% from April. And lottery revenue was down 26%. So just all around, the lottery, of course, pays for schools and other things. Um, You know, we're going to be in for a real crunch next year. Um, Don't know how much of an impact we'll feel this year. I mean, it still could be bad. I'm not sure. I'm not an economist. But by next year, when it comes time to do the budget, we're going to have to make some tough decisions in the state as to what we're going to have to cut. And we're... and. Any hope that Whitmer has of, uh, of continuing an agenda is going to be pretty much derailed by this because what, what is she going to propose for $3 billion in debt? I don't, I don't know how she's going to pay for anything. So it's going to be, we're going to have to keep an eye on that because it's going to be really tough next year. Um, so then I wanted to segue just a little bit with... Um, the Me Too and the cancel culture um, environment that we're into. Uh, I bring up the Me Too because uh, Joe Biden, the Democratic nominee, has been accused by a woman named Tara Reid. She was a Senate staffer um, in the 90s, and she said that, she alleges, that Biden harassed her um, or assaulted her. I don't really know the details and it's been pretty silent. I mean, the media has covered it a little bit when they had to, but, um, and this goes into the cancel culture too. Chris Hayes on MSNBC did a story about it on his show. And I'm not a big fan of Chris Hayes. I really don't like him very much at all, but he did, he decided to cover it and he got 
so much hate mail from the Democrats. In fact, on Twitter, there was a fire Chris Hayes uh, was trending um, because he brought this up and, and a lot of Democrats were angry with him for, um, for covering it and accusing him of, of helping give the election to Donald Trump and things like this. And so that's why I, the two of them are kind of connected and I'll, I'll get to the cancel culture in a minute, but the thing with, uh, there's a couple of feelings I have about the Me Too movement. Um, with, even though there, there does seem to be some credible evidence about for, for Biden, um, I won't get into all of it, but um, I do know that she did, she did report it, or at least it's alleged that she reported it. We just saw a clip of Larry King where her mother had called in uh, and asked about, said her, her, her daughter had been uh, assaulted by a, <clears throat> a prominent senator and wanting to know what, um, this was back in the 90s, and what, what a person could do um, when a, a person in power had done that. This was before we had a lot of the, the laws that we do now to protect women. But the thing is, even though it's it, there's there is some credibility to it. Um, we, we've we've gone we've gone way too far with these uh, trying people in the court of public opinion. I mean, this isn't the first time we've done this, but and I'm not I'm not taking a stand on whether Biden is innocent or guilty. Um, a lot of a lot of accusations have been made against Donald Trump, as you remember women coming forward and saying that he had assaulted them. Of course, no one can forget uh, Brett Kavanaugh being accused. Um, and these things are, are, in a political sense, I mean, they're a problem anyway, but we're starting to see them in a political sense because the charges can't be proven in a court of law. And so it becomes very easy then to destroy a person's reputation and finding that that can be just as effective uh, in a political sense. You can destroy a person's reputation, destroy their character, get them voted out of office, and then you don't have to worry about going to jail. You know, as long as you, you don't have to worry about them going to jail because in a court of law, you'd have to have proof. But here you can ruin a person and through innuendo and uh, and accusations, and so it's much easier. There used to be an old saying about politics that you know, like if a person was real popular, they'd say, you know, um, you know that that you, you could destroy a politician if you catch if you catch them in bed with a dead girl or a live boy, um, you know, because you just you could just attack their character and they'll you know they'll lose the election. And that seems to be what we're doing now on both sides of the aisle. And I'm not, and I, I'm not, I don't know that Republicans are, as a group, are trying to destroy Joe Biden through this. I think a lot of Republicans are um, using it to show the uh, hypocrisy and double standard of Democrats. I think that's why a lot of them are bringing it up because there is a lot of double standard, a lot of hypocrisy. Um, we saw this when Bill Clinton was in, in office too. And, um, you know, where Bill Clinton was accused 
of many sexual assaults and affairs. Two of them he admitted to. Uh, he admitted to the Monica Lewinsky thing, and under oath, in a deposition, he admitted he had that affair with Jennifer, Jennifer Flowers. But the Democrats did not they rallied behind Bill Clinton um, and said that he was right on women's issues. And so, since he was, therefore, that kind of um, nullified anything bad he did because he voted the right way. And it was very disturbing to me at the time and to a lot of uh, people who had morals and things that that kind of standard just isn't right. You can't have two sets of standards. And then, of course, they dropped all that when it came to Donald Trump and when it came to Brett Kavanaugh, suddenly, and I'm old enough to remember this, I mean, it was not that long ago, that they were going on television, um, a senator from Hawaii, the female Maisie something, or I don't know, I don't know her name, but she's, yeah, Senator Maisie. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, she was very explicit saying that during Brett Kavanaugh that a woman would not make up a story like this, that every woman who comes forward has to be believed. Um, the actress Alyssa Milano uh, was crazy wild on Twitter, you know, with these hand claps and everything like, you know, you know, you can't claim to respect women if you don't believe any woman that comes forward. And, um, you know, and there was just this huge rush to judgment that a woman would not make up a story like this. Women are far superior. They don't lie. They don't have agendas. They would not do this. Um, and they were adamant, just completely adamant that um, any woman who comes forward, she's telling the truth. And it doesn't matter if there's no evidence. The person should be hung at the, from the highest tree. And now when this woman comes forward to accuse Joe Biden, they've completely flipped. And I, and I, I really think this is why the Republicans are making a big issue about it. It's not so much because necessarily they think that Joe Biden is guilty and really or that they think that Joe Biden, this will destroy Joe Biden, because in all honesty, he's pretty much destroying himself. I don't think they really need to, to do much to, to, to stop him from being president. I think it's mostly to expose the hypocrisy, because now suddenly, you know, they've completely flipped. Alyssa Milano is like, you know, just because a woman makes an accusation doesn't mean that it's true. Like, what? Are you kidding me? You, you know, you're the one who you set the standard saying that every woman has to be believed. That if you don't believe women, you don't respect women, you don't care about women, you hate women, you're sexist, all these other things. And now, well, you can't just believe a woman because she throws out an accusation. Um, you know, and the Democratic senators are all silent. Nobody's pulled their endorsement. Unlike, uh, honestly, when uh, Donald Trump, in October of 2016, when that Access Hollywood tape came out, there were a number of Republicans who unendorsed him. Um, now, whether you think that was right or not, it does show that they had at least some principles. They said, hey, you know, what he, what he said here, I can't, I can't stand with. I'm going to have to break. The Democrats, on the other hand, have said, I don't care if Joe Biden did this. I don't care what he did to women. I hate Donald Trump. I'm going to vote for this guy to get rid of Trump. I don't care if he is a rapist. I don't care if he has dementia. I don't care anything about him. Just get rid of Trump. And it just, it just shows um, that part 
just bothers me. That really has nothing to do with the Me Too movement. That just bothers me that the Democrats are so hypocritical. Even in uh, in the case of Watergate, uh, this has nothing to do with the Me Too movement, but just as an example, the Republicans looked at the crimes of Richard Nixon, who was a fellow Republican, and said, "This is not acceptable. We're going. We're not going to put up with this." The Democrats, like with Bill Clinton. Um, he lied under oath. He perjured himself. He obstructed justice. These are serious crimes. It wasn't that he had an affair. The Republicans never impeached him because he had an affair. They impeached him for, for committing perjury and suborning perjury, encouraging other people to lie, obstructing justice. And the Democrats said, no, that's okay, because we'd rather have him than a Republican. So, you know, so you see over and over that the Democrats um, desire power. They, have, they want power over principle. Republicans have shown principled stands, and they've gone against their own at times when a Republican has done something wrong. They've said, that's, that's not acceptable. We're not going to put up with that. The Democrats have said, no, we don't care, because they vote the right way, and we'd rather have them. But back to the Me Too, um, this isn't the first time this has happened in this country. I mean, you can go back to the 1950s during the Red Scare, and that was it was a very similar thing where a person had to prove that they weren't a communist or they didn't have communist associations. And people lost their jobs in Hollywood and other places. They had the House Un-Americans activity where they called people before the Congress to answer questions about their uh, political affiliations and beliefs. And, um, and if you didn't answer the right way, or in fact, just being accused actually, um, could get you blacklisted and could get you fired. Uh, a number of Hollywood actors, most of them you've never heard of because they were blacklisted. <laughs> They're, you know, um, but there were a number of actors and writers and, and things in Hollywood that were, were uh, either considered communist or had communist sympathies or friends, and they, uh, they lost their career. And we can even go back to the Salem witch trials, which was very similar to a lot of people say the Salem witch trials, the problem was that people put, you know, that they were uh, too religious and that they were um, it, you know, that shows why we need the separation of church and state. Well, no, the problem with the Salem witch trials was not, had nothing to do with church and state. It had to do with the fact that um, they, they were using, well, first of all, spectral evidence, which is not even, I don't even know what that is exactly. Um, you know, like, it's not even circumstantial evidence. It's like, you know, stuff you can't see, like, well, you know, my crops didn't grow, so, you know, and this woman lives in town. And, you know, and she doesn't like me. So that's, you know, that's, that's not evidence of anything. It's just like, they just say it's spectral. Like, you know, it could be, you know, some kind of a spell that was put on it or something. But the main thing was that, and then in all these cases, it's that they didn't use the idea of, uh, I don't know what the legal term is, but being innocent until proven guilty. In all of these cases, in the Me Too movement and in the Red Scare and in the Salem Witch Trials, they immediately assumed you were guilty and you had to prove that you were innocent of these things. And that is an extremely, I mean, well, it's actually impossible to prove a negative. I mean, you know, if you, you accuse me, if, if I was being accused of assaulting somebody and you say, well, I never saw him assault somebody. Well, that doesn't prove that I'm not, that I don't assault people just because you never saw it. I never assaulted them around you. How do I prove then that I don't assault people, even if I can bring in a hundred people who say he's never assaulted me and I've never seen him assault anybody. Well, it doesn't, you know, that, that can't prove that I've never done it, you know, or if you take something like snoring, I mean, you know, I've never snored. Well, you know, 
I put up a camera in my room and I don't snore that night. Well, that doesn't mean that I've never snored just because I don't snore this today. So how do you prove a negative like that? How do you prove that I don't do something? Um, it, it, it's nearly impossible. I think it is impossible. I mean, um, and that was the problem with the Salem witch trials is that they were told, you proved to me you're not a witch. Well, how do I prove I'm not a witch? Um, well, you know, if you say you're not doing it, you're lying and, you know, and you're guilty. <laughs> and same thing with the, the um, Red Scare, prove you're not a communist. Well, I'm not a communist. Very liar. Um, and now with the Me Too movement, whether it's Donald Trump or Brett Kavanaugh or Joe Biden or any of these people, prove to us that you don't assault women. I don't assault women. I, you got to take my word for it. Nope. You know, uh, a woman said you did years ago. We don't have any proof. There's no cooperation. There's no witnesses, nothing. And of course, there wouldn't be because, you know, you're not going to do it in public square. Obviously, you're going to do it in private where no one's there. So she must be telling the truth and you must be lying. You know, so how do you how do you defend yourself against those attacks? And I just think that's a I, I, I imagine it'll probably end at some point. Um, just like the Red Scare did, just like the Salem Witch Trials. But, um, but I, I fear that the Democrats have done tremendous damage to women coming forward. And that's the Me Too movement, I think, actually set women back more than it helped them. Because now with their hypocrisy, with their attitude toward Joe Biden, and again, I'm not saying Joe Biden's guilty. I have no, no way of knowing. Um, but just by their behavior of being so overzealous when it came to Republicans and, um, and the fact that they've kind of shrugged and like, eh, when it comes to a Democrat, I think they killed the movement. I mean, if a woman comes forward now, she's going to be dragged through the mud, you know, on both sides because, well, you know, are, are you telling the truth? We don't know. You know, um, you know, people are going to take sides and, and, if, if it happens to Republicans, they're not going to care anymore. You know, if, I mean, not that they, I mean, they, they still prevailed, like with Brett Kavanaugh, but now they're not even going to take it even remotely seriously if someone comes forward and accuses a Republican. And the Democrats aren't going to have much of a leg to stand on if they say, <clears throat> this has to be taken seriously. You just bring up um, Tara Reid and Joe Biden. I mean, you know, how, are, how can they say, how can they make the case that everyone has to be believed next time it's a Republican? when they refused to take it seriously, when it was a Democrat. So I think they did, and, and they could have ended up killing the Me Too movement. They may have already destroyed it, but certainly it'll make it a lot harder. Um, but I think it's just a, it's just a horrible, a, a horrible movement. Um, and I'm not talking about women coming forward who have something that's happened to them. I'm talking about the movement of let's, let's be judge and jury uh, without any real evidence or without the full evidence. Um, and that's the problem with the court of public opinion is there's no rebuttal. There's no, uh, there's no chance to give both sides of the story. There's no evident, there's no, uh, uh, you know, threshold of evidence that has to be presented. You know, you can, you can take something and just say, well, um, like in the case of Kavanaugh or Donald Trump, that this happened to me, I can't, prove it. I don't even know exactly when or where it happened. I just remember it happened. Well, how can you defend against that? And then since you can't, the presumption is that you must be guilty unless you can prove something 
to show that you're not. <clears throat> and so, and then that, that goes into the cancel culture too. Um, well, let me just go back to the Chris Hayes. I mean, that the two of them are connected with the Me Too movement. He did a story on, the, on Joe Biden and the Democrats were outraged that he would even give that time. And so now they wanted to cancel him because, well, I say cancel, I mean, you know, the cancel culture, they call it canceling on Twitter. You know, they want to cancel individuals. Um, and, you know, because he did a story on it. And we're seeing this cancel culture. It goes along the same lines of what we're talking about here. Uh, of people, they find old old uh, texts or videos or opinions or, you know, podcasts or anything that somebody did years ago. And sometimes out of context. Um, but it doesn't really matter if it's in context or not. They And they will use that to create a hysteria or an anger toward a person and therefore they get canceled, you know. Um, we see that... Uh, we saw that with Roseanne um, on her, you know, she got fired from her show. They changed the name to the Connors uh, because she tweeted. I, I, I can't remember what it was now. Yeah. It was something against Valerie Jarrett, who was one of Obama's, uh, who worked for Obama. I don't know exactly what she did. can't remember offhand what she did. But anyway, they claimed it was a very racist, maybe anti-Semitic. I, I don't know exactly. But anyway... It created this anger and this hysteria and ABC fired her for it. Um, you know, and there, there seems to be this cancel culture and you see it. Uh, uh, there was a, a Kyle, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, like Kajuv or Kajuv or something. Anyway, he was one of the Parkland. He was a, a kid at Parkland uh, school when it was shot up. And he's a conservative and a pro Second Amendment individual. He has a little bit of a celebrity. Um, Trump had him to the White House and things. And he got into Harvard and uh, he's a really good student. I'm not, you know, it's not like he got into Harvard out of sympathy, but he worked really hard and got into Harvard. And then uh, somebody went through all of his old tweets when he was like 14 and found him, you know, he was rapping, uh, you know, some, uh, he was quoting some rap songs, used the N-word, some other things, and there became this cancel culture hysteria that he was a racist, he was these things. And, ha and Harvard ended up rescinding his admission because of that. And, you know, and he said, you know, he apologized for it and said, look, I was a little kid. I've grown up tremendously since then. Um, you know, they were just dumb things, you know, it was just tweeting some rap lyrics and things like that. I mean, it was just fun to do. And I was just young. I mean, I don't hate black people or anything, but there again, how do you prove you don't hate black people? I mean, <laughs> you know, he's trying to prove a negative and they're like, no, you're lying. You, you're really, you're really a racist. And he's like, I'm not a racist. I, you know, like, oh, no, no, no. You know, prove to us you're not a racist. I, I don't know how I can prove that, you know? And, you know, um, and so you know, it, it goes back to what I'm talking about with the Me Too movement of we, in a, as a society, we're becoming more, we're becoming more and more quick to judge, and we're tolerating this uh, 
because you know what happens to somebody that we don't like it's always kind of funny it's like the comeuppance and i know it's uh i'm guilty of it too uh, i kind of think it's funny when it happens to someone i don't like you know it's like ah it's about time somebody got them you know they're they're horrible people and i know they're a horrible person and it's good to see something bad happen to them we, we take a little joy in it but then when it happens to us or someone we like then it becomes wait this is this isn't this isn't good um we really should have that opinion all the time that this is not a good thing and that's why i say about joe biden like i i don't like joe biden at all and there seems to be some credible evidence evidence of this but i I don't want to jump on the bandwagon to being like yes you know finally you know the democrats are going to have a scandal too i mean it i hope they learn from it I, i know they won't but I can hope that they learn from this and realize that this is not the way to run a country. This is not the way, you know, we are a country of laws and not of, of men. We can't. Um, and I guess the Democrats are true to their, their name. I mean, that is true democracy right there. It's majority rules, whoever's the loudest. Um, you know, we live in a republic and we have laws and we have uh, standards and um, rules that we follow. And I'm talking about rules that the government follows. I'm not talking about individuals. I mean, you know, that if you accuse somebody of a crime, you have to have evidence. You can't just go around willy-nilly accusing people of crimes. So there's also laws against slander and libel and other things. You can't go around just ruining people's reputations just for the fun of it. But, you know, in a true democracy, though, just a majority rules. If a majority of us think that you're a freak and you should die, well, that's democracy. <laughs> we'll, we'll string you up right now and kill you. Because, hey, we took a vote. Everyone here thinks you should die. Um, that's not what we live in. And that shouldn't be what we'd want to live in. We don't want to live in a democracy, a pure democracy. Uh, it's easy to whip people up into a frenzy. That's one of the reasons why our founders had the Electoral College and other things. And it's why we have a Senate instead of just a House. Because it's easy to get people whipped up into frenzies about things, you know, overnight. And then, but over time... Uh, Cooler heads prevail. And, you know, so, I mean, I don't know. Feel how you want about the Electoral College. I don't know. But I'm just saying that's one of the things is that, you know, they wanted there to be something so that people aren't, people aren't just taken by a passion and just, and then the next day being like, what did we just do? You know, like waking up after a drunken stupor or something in Vegas and be like, oh, what did I, did I get married? What happened? (laughs) Um, You know, so... The, my point was the, the Me Too movement and the cancel culture, it's just pure democracy, and that's just bad. Uh, you, you have to have a standard that we follow and not just, uh, and not just go by emotion and feeling and anger or joy of seeing another a, a political opponent be destroyed. Um, you know, there is great value in destroying a political opponent, but through the through ideas and through uh, debate and argument and being able to prove that they're wrong on their positions, um, it's not really any joy in just destroying someone's character and reputation and saying, well, it's like building a straw man, you know, like, well, I don't like your opinion on abortion, you know, so... I'm just going to destroy you as a person and then say, look, I'm victorious. I, you know, I destroyed a person who supports abortion, but they didn't change anyone's mind. In fact, it didn't, (laughs) you didn't really win. You just 
you know, you just kicked a person and beat them up. That's not really the same as winning a debate. <laughs> um, you know. Um, so. I guess that's about it. Um, what I do want is for, I want everyone to make sure that you comment and like and subscribe. We would like some comments, whether you agree or disagree. I think it'd be great to have some conversation um, and, to, and for you to bring up some issues. Um, there's a lot of things that I don't, or that Tom and I don't think about um, that just aren't in our vision, you know, when we're looking through news and there might be some issue that you think needs to be discussed and hashed out. And I think we'd both really enjoy that. Um, so yeah, please like and share with your friends and get more people involved so we can have some real conversations in this country, make people think or in the state and the country. And, uh, so we can, we can think a little bit more. We can, do, uh, sometimes friendly debate. That's always a fun thing to do. I don't like debates where we get into huge fights and it becomes personal, but I do like debating issues. I think that's a lot of fun. Uh, hearing what people think, why they think it, and uh, you know, trying to change their mind a little bit and let them, and maybe they have some points I hadn't thought of that might either sharpen my opinion or might make me question. I mean, you know. Uh, so anyway, yeah, please comment, like, and subscribe, and, uh, and, uh, We'll see you next week.